1: Hey guys, it's a special episode of the SLC Punks podcast today. We were lucky enough to be joined by Mark Kestisher. He's the play-by-play voice of ESPN Radio for the NBA. He also covers the NFL, college basketball, college football, you name it. He covers it and he's super knowledgeable and he was a great interview and and just kind enough to talk with us today and and talk about the Jazz and and some and go into specifics a little bit about the Jazz and their future and and what they have right now. So, I really enjoyed the interview with Mark. Um before we get started, if you if you could go to your favorite podcasting app whether it's Apple, I, iTunes or or Android or whatever it is and go give us a review, uh we really appreciate it. It helps us grow and and reach new audiences, so we appreciate it. And let's get started with Mark Kestisher of ESPN. All right. Well, first, I just wanted to say thanks for for talking with us. This is kind of exciting to to get a national perspective on the Jazz. And uh, <laughs> the the first uh, just the first question I had for you, Mark, because um, Jazz fans are always excited to kind of get that national perspective. What is kind of just your impressions of the Jazz this season? I, everyone knows that Gordon Hayward left and George Hill. Uh, didn't re-sign and the Jazz made some signings like Ricky Rubio and Tavo Cephalosha. What, what were your impressions? How well the Jazz did and and how well are they doing right now in your opinion? Well, I thought, look, you still you the cornerstone and go
0: there. So this is all, you know, before the injury a few weeks ago and, um, you know, I was at the draft in June and did it for ESPN Radio and worked with Bob Valvano. We've done many Louisville games together so when Donovan We didn't know, you know, what he could provide in year one. We just knew that we really liked him a lot. And clearly after Gordon left, you know, they brought in uh, some guys who could defend. Uh, It would be interesting to see, you know, how this team would play with all the excitement of last year. I I actually called on radio uh, Game 7 of the first round in Los Angeles against the Clippers. Huge win. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah, got swept by the Jazz. But, you know, that was of like a little coming out party of its own, right? You know, national television, Golden State Warriors, very sexy series. And then the disappointment uh, when Gordon didn't re-sign here. Uh, further disappointment when Dante Exum got injured in the preseason. And then even more, uh, in the knee injury a few weeks ago. But with all that said, uh, they seem to be a little bit. I think the fans have seen uh, the last couple of games, scoring 110 and 121. Floors spread a little bit more. Um, you know, I'm sure that uh, you know, coach is going to preach that you know we can only play with the guys that we have and work around it. And it seems like they've got their footing now. Uh, this will be a big test uh, against the Denver Nuggets, who are another team that's looking to break through in the West. And both these teams are going to have tough schedules in the month of December. So I think the national perspective, it was a long way of saying that we, we wanted to see what it would look like. Didn't know what it would look like. It was a disappointing. Step back, not to have Gordon come. And then obviously the injuries. I didn't mention, you know, being injured as well. So um, kind of happy with the last couple of games. 18 three-pointers each day. Let's see what we get tomorrow.
1: Yeah, it should be fun. that's what's been interesting is uh, – <laughs> Like you mentioned, Rudy Gobert had his knee injury, and so he's been missing out. And in, in a weird way, it's almost kind of helped the Jazz learn a little bit of what they can do to be a little bit more successful with Derek Favors at the center. It it really seems like that spreading the floor has really kind of done wonders for them, where in the beginning of the year, having Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert start together uh, has kind of been – it's it's just been a struggle a little bit. I don't know. Um, Ru- Rudy Gobert comes back in four weeks. Uh, how do the Jazz reintegrate him back onto that team once he comes back.
0: Well, that's a good question. Uh obviously, you know, he's the focal point, so they'll they'll play a little differently, but you know, now you're finding out about some guys, you know, about Jerebko, who yeah. uh, you know, a bench guy who got no time and, you know, he can spread the floor at his size and play a little D. So, um, you know, it's it's a great question and uh we'll get a chance to talk to coach tomorrow and those kind of things, but they're going to have to go back. You know, play the system that they've been playing, and not that it's bad. I think um, you know these are great opportunities for other guys, and it just deepens your bench. Um, you will move some guys to different positions, but you know, Gobert is so special uh, in the middle, and especially on the defensive end, you know, which is how everything is based around with him. Uh, it'll be a different look, but it's uh, it's what the plan was anyway. Uh, coming into the season, and you know, had opened. I think it was five wins in eight games to start the year, and then the injury was all part of um, you know the eight and ten losing stretch. I believe were the numbers there. Yeah. So you know, they've they've crawled out of it with you know having to change the style, and um, I still think when he gets back, they can still be a you know a good team.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, and what what thing, what's been interesting is if the playoffs started today, the Jazz would be the eighth seed in the playoffs and so that's pretty interesting. Um and and when Rudy Gobert gets back, I when before Rudy Gobert went down, the Jazz were like a top three defense in the NBA. I guess one of my questions for you, watching all the different teams in the NBA, uh the Jazz really do have that defensive identity, especially with Gordon Hayward gone. How far can a team go that their kind of their main focus is defense? If it's a defensive first team with kind of I see, see
0: as you are just saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great question in this day of uh, pace and space. You know, it, it feels like uh, it's not the um, it's not the way the uh, NBA is trending. I think look, when you're in the Western Conference, whether you play great defense or you're the Houston Rockets and play, you know, a million miles an hour, and they're playing better defense too. But uh, you know, the Golden State Warriors in the West are. They're just the gold standard of things right now. So if you look at it from a championship perspective, um, no matter how you play, it's going to be difficult as Golden State is currently constructed. However, doesn't mean you can't make it to the Western Conference Finals if your seeding is correct, and you know you end up being a two or a three seed in the West, and you could avoid them till late, and then who knows in a seven-game series. Um, but I think just because of the way they play or the style they play, uh, personally, I don't think it hurts them. I think it's just a matter of matchups and can you stay away from that four-five, you know, which Utah was last year. And even though they got by uh, the Clippers, you know, they had to face uh, the great Warrior team in round two. So um, that, it's a great question. I don't know if, if that style ultimately can win, but I don't know if any style. Uh, either way, mm-hmm. uh, could win against the presently constructed Warriors.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, you mentioned him before. I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on Donovan Mitchell and and what he's done this year and how good you think he can be.
0: I uh, Look, at uh, the sky's the limit for that guy. Um, I did at least four or five Louisville games the last couple of years, and he's one of those guys that no one really talked about. But when you see him play, you know, crazy athletic, you know, his jumping ability catches you, uh, his demeanor, his, he's very smart. Um, that that's, it was a great pickup, great draft night trade. He's already showing some of the stuff that he can do, and the um, sky's the limit uh, for Donovan Mitchell. I had him in college the last couple of years. He didn't come with a lot of fanfare, but when you watched him play, his game spoke to you. It 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 translated to the next level. I mean, he's undersized, but he's uh, you know he clearly um, has athletic ability, can jump. Uh, When you get to talk to him, you realize just how smart he is, and he's in a great system here with a great coaching staff. He's getting um, excellent minutes uh, for a rookie, and um, I think that that is. Turn, will turn out to be one of the great draft trades of last year to be able to package what they packaged uh, to get him and bring him to Salt Lake City.
1: Oh yeah, Jazz. We're excited about just him every day. It's he's legitimately earned that starting spot and and it's actually been interesting because Rodney Hood's kind of it seems like he's found kind of a home at the, as that sixth man behind Donovan and it's so it's been just fun to watch. Uh, hey, I I wanted to ask you a little bit. So there's 30 NBA teams and you cover all of them and go. What kind of prep goes into that? Uh, to me, that's—I don't know how how you guys cover all those and go to airport to airport, and I, how do you cover all these teams?
0: You know, if it's just NBA, it's not bad because um, you know all the games. You can watch them online. You can watch them on the plane on your phone. Uh, it's great. This time of year is more challenging. Uh, I did Team USA against Mexico yesterday in Greensboro and the day before that I had college football Florida against Florida State and I've got the Big 12 championship coming up this weekend me. and the Falcons and the Vikings the day after on Sunday <laughs> so, so to me that's the challenge is um, finding you know time with all of that to do it justice and especially on TV for me tomorrow is a great opportunity because I'm largely ESPN radio so to work with Doris Burke and to try to stay on top of it and match oh, yeah. the level with which she works you know, is uh, is so important, but it's uh, a lot of video work, a lot of newspaper reading, and then calling all your NBA friends who've seen the guys live and and get their opinions on things. It's um, it's a lot of fun. It's challenging,
1: but a lot of fun. Okay, and I this is kind of a selfish question for me, but I'm always kind of curious. Um, so, let's say the Jazz are winning by thirty tomorrow. What's what's it like covering a game when there's a blowout? Is it, <laughs>
0: You know, what's interesting is, um, you know, obviously we all root for close games. Uh, it's, it's, it keeps us on our toes. You want to have that great call. You want to see something awesome happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes there can be a silver lining in a blowout because of all the preparation that you've done in those close games. Sometimes I only use 10% of That's the cool. material that I've been working. So when you get into that blowout situation, especially on television, where you don't have to call the plays. You can get into conversations. You can get into stories. There's so many storylines. You know, the David Fisdale firing in Memphis today, that certainly, you know, would come up talking about the West and the teams that are trying to break through, like Denver and, uh, you know, Utah breaking through in a different way with different personnel. Um, and then, you know, just talking about the East and Cleveland and Boston, I mean, the, to me, there there is a silver lining to the blowout, but you have, the, the key is the preparation. If you're not prepared then, um, you know, maybe it's something you're not looking forward to. But uh, for me, the over-prepare, uh, blowout every once in a while isn't the worst thing.
1: Okay. Well, great. Well, I, I just had one final question, and, and I really appreciate sure. your time, but uh, do the Jazz make the playoffs this year?
0: Do the Jazz make the playoffs this year? You know, um, they're going to be in it till the end. I know that. I feel like they're going to be in Denver's spot last year, which is, you know, fighting for that seven- or that eight seed. Uh, we'll see what happens with Oklahoma City. That's kind of the team right now that's trying to figure it out. That's on the outside looking in. That has you know a lot of talent. Um, I wouldn't put it past the Jazz. I like uh, I like the players they've added. Uh, health is obviously a key. Is a huge key. Love to see Gobert come back um, strong and Johnson get in and um, you know with all these minutes that the guys are getting now. I think it's going to be tight. Um, but I think they're looking at you know fighting for that seven or their eight seed. But it's so long from now and so hard to predict. Uh, I don't know if I can give a definitive on it. Awesome. I'm going to
1: ride the fence on that one. <laughs> That's fine. The, the, the Jazz are definitely at a crossroads. It'll be interesting to see where they go. So, well, yeah, I, no, I, absolutely. I really appreciate your time, Mark. It's it's always fun to.
0: No, no problem. Sorry, I was all over the place. Uh, just a weird night to have bags and um, all that other stuff
1: play into. Oh. Out. So hopefully it made sense. Oh, no. It was great. We really appreciate it. All right, guys. I just wanted to say thank you again to Mark Kestisher. He's a great interview, great guy, and and he flew in tonight, and right after he flew in and got to his hotel, he talked with me. So I really appreciate him taking the time to talk to us and, and give some insight to the jazz fans. So thanks again, Mark. And guys, if you get a chance, go, give, go subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts, and give us a review. We really appreciate it. Talk to you later.